episode of Cosas de la Vida as promised every other week of the month we're staying consistent lately hey consistency love to see it today's episode we're just gonna jump right into it focuses on language how do you communicate by that we mean what language do you speak, right? I want to start by looking into what exactly language is. I think most of us know, but we've never actually discussed what it is in detail. Pero y'all know me, I like to get you thinking a little deeper. So, language is a structured system of communication, right? That's all it is. It's a structured system. That means it's just another made-up system. I talk a lot about how everything we experience is just all systems that were created by humans. Some systems were created for the right reasons. Most were not. So... In language, as in other areas, words have an arbitrary connection to the sounds and meanings. We've assigned these meanings, so we created these arbitrary connections to sounds and meanings. The same goes for sign language. The signs for each word, they're just arbitrary. They don't really have an actual meaning created by humans. Language can be spoken or written. Language allows for expression of ideas, thoughts, and feelings. As we have defined it, language is pretty much only used by humans. In fact, the ability to use language is one of the top distinguishers between humans and other animals. I say other animals because humans are animals. We are part of the animal kingdom. I know that we've gotten all high and mighty with the word human, but maybe if we were to constantly remind ourselves that we are just another type of animal, maybe we'd be willing to live in harmony with the rest of the kingdom and our mother earth we've briefly touched up on what language is so what does it mean to know a language how do we truly know if someone is fluent in a language or not when you know a language you can speak or sign in the case of sign language and be understood by others who also know that language. 
When you know a language, it means that you have mastered a complex system of words, structure, and grammar. The ability to use a language requires profound knowledge that most speakers don't even know they have. Let's take a look at grammar, for instance. Grammar is the knowledge speakers have about the units and rules of the language they speak. Have you ever heard a sentence and you just know that it doesn't sound right, but you can't exactly pinpoint why? The reason this happens is because our knowledge regarding language becomes so innate that it has moved into our unconscious mind. That is the part of our mind filled with all our automatic processes. These automatic processes are all the processes that we unconsciously know. Things like riding a bike, brushing your teeth, tying your shoes, washing your hair, scrubbing your ass, etc, etc. Even though we don't have to think about grammar when we are speaking, we did learn it at one point. I don't know about y'all, but I remember learning grammar rules in elementary school. So grammar is teachable. All right, here comes the part where we go even deeper into the study of language. And we're not even gonna go to the deepest level you can go. You can still go deeper. When I was going to community college, I took a general ed class called linguistics. Linguistics was actually a really interesting class. Just as it sounds, the study of language and its structure. Anything that has to do with language, grammar, pronunciation, enunciation, reading, writing, meaning, all of it, you can learn about in linguistics. There are a lot of areas of study within linguistics and even within those areas themselves. I'm gonna touch on a few of those areas, but I'm gonna keep it super brief. Um, one of the structures that linguistics looks into is morphology. Morphology is how words are formed. You analyze parts of words, such as stems, root words, prefixes, which are added before a word, or suffixes, which are added at the end of a word. We all know prefixes and suffixes. Common prefixes are this, which means not, uh, using that in a word, disengage, right? It means to not engage. In morphology, you can also look at the relationship of words to other words. Another area commonly looked at in linguistics is syntax. Syntax is the set of rules, principles, and processes that govern the structure of sentences. Um, so this would be the fact that we read from left to right, um, the fact that adjectives are placed before nouns, or the fact that verbs are placed after subjects, right? A verb is an action word. We need a subject to be taking 
that action. Another area commonly studied in linguistics is semantics. Semantics is the study of actual meaning. So this is where you take a look at the meaning of words and how these meanings came across, right? Typically, it's from those original languages and from looking at those morphemes or those parts of words that we discussed in the study of morphology such as stems, root words, prefixes, suffixes, right? They all have a meaning. When you put all those parts of words together, we get a bigger meaning. So semantics would take a deeper look into the meaning of words. Another area that's very commonly studied in linguistics is phonetics. Phonetics is the study of sounds, their creation, and their perceptions. Sounds pretty simple, but this area can get very technical. The way your lips are placed, even how the air in our lungs escapes through our lips to say certain sounds, aka phonemes, is looked at in this area of study. Hooked on phonics, how many of y'all have heard of that? I know that was really big when I was learning how to read. Phonics teaches the sounds. It teaches the relationship between the sounds of that spoken language and the letters or syllables of the written language. So it goes through all the letters, teaches you the sounds they make, it teaches you how to put those sounds together to form a word. Um, I don't know how y'all learn to read, but my ESL ass was taught through Hooked on Phonics and a year later I was reading at like two grade levels higher than the rest of my class. So based on that one person's study, it is successful, <laughs> no, but there have been plenty of studies on phonics and it is the most successful way to learn to read, right? Because you've got to know the sounds, you've got to know that's the basic knowledge. When you understand the sound that every letter makes and you understand that when you put certain letters together, they commonly make a sound, then you can pretty much read every word. You can write every word. I know a lot of the generations before us, they learned how to read by just memorizing, and that was great for the words they had memorized, but if they're introduced to a word that they're not seeing that often, they're not that familiar with, sometimes they're incapable of reading that word they don't know the basics so I am a big supporter of hooked on phonics is the point of all that rambling the study of linguistics is fairly new it it became popular in the late 1800s early 1900s um, this guy Chomsky is known as the father of modern linguistics 
what did he do well he did many things but he's very known for using his theories within the area of syntax to arrive at a few breaking and revolutionary ideas one of the ideas was that he concluded that all humans are born with an innate ability or mechanism to learn language regardless of the country they are from or the language that they will speak innate ability right that means that every human has the capacity to learn language it is born within them that's what innate means he also came up with the critical period hypothesis which stated that language is most easily acquired before the age of five this hypothesis explained why children were able to learn languages so quickly you don't really have to sit there teaching them the rules they just start talking there was actually a few case studies done with feral children um these were children that were kind of just found they didn't have a family they were out on their own some children were just kept in horrible conditions basically these case studies are what backed up this hypothesis um, a lot of these children they were never able to acquire language because unfortunately they were either not around others who spoke a language so they weren't exposed to it or they were just in horrible abusive conditions and also just lacked that interaction and exposure so the critical period hypothesis states that you can acquire language the easiest before the age of five and that if you are never exposed to language by puberty then you're not going to acquire it and that's the expiration date there puberty furthermore chomsky introduced the idea of universal grammar he concluded that all languages have the same underlying structure and simply use different words and sounds on the surface which is why we are able to learn other languages as adults because once we already have that underlying structure knowledge within us we can apply it these ideas that he presented especially the idea about language being an innate mental capacity was extremely groundbreaking at the time because this was a time when the behaviorist skinner was taking over with his monkey see monkey do behavioral conditioning bullshit when the scientific community was presented with this new idea it gave them new areas to study further so obviously language has been around way 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 before the 1800s um, our ancestors had created a way to communicate and they were communicating with each other their ancestors and the ancestors of their ancestors were communicating with each other and so on
Even in like the earliest days, humans could express thoughts and feelings by some sort of speech, signs, or gestures. They used to signal with fire, smoke, drums, or whistles. Although these forms of communication had certain limitations, for instance, the time in which communication could take place was restricted, right? They couldn't write a email back then and communicate regardless of what time each person is in. There was no way to do that. They had to pretty much be together at the same time to communicate with each other. There was also a restriction in regards to space, right? Things were just gone after they were said or done. You couldn't, again, just send an email and have that email be open up in whatever space you are in. You had to be in the same space, same time, same space. Typically, no more than two people were able to communicate with each other, but despite these limitations, they were communicating, and therefore, these methods, in my opinion, are considered language. Um, Researchers debate about the time when humans started talking to each other. Some researchers say that it was as early as 2 million years ago. Others say it was as late as 50,000 years ago. Whatever the case, that is still way fucking longer than you or I have been around. So this communication is nothing new, right? It's something that humans realized very early on. Oh shit, we need to find a way to communicate with each other. And they did that. Yay humans. It is believed that human language developed from gestures that were used to communicate. This would therefore make sign language the original language, which I think is pretty cool because now we think of it as an alternative method to communicate, but hey, this is how humans were communicating originally. So if all you do is sign, I think that's pretty fucking badass. There are over 6,000 recognized languages. That is a shit ton of languages. I only speak two. A lot of people only speak one. Every language has an infinite number of possible words, and therefore, an infinite number of possible sentences. When you know a language, you are able to create a sentence that has never been spoken before in that language. You are also able to understand a sentence that has never been spoken before. When you know two languages, you can create even more sentences you can understand even more sentences. The experiences are endless. Therefore, the thoughts and ideas that you have are endless. That you can have are endless, right? Some people don't have that many thoughts and ideas. So, for all you, this is America, speak English, motherfuckers. One, America is a whole-ass continent. Two, 
the United States of America's official language is not even English. What is it? It's nothing. The United States of America does not have an official language. There are certain states that have elected an official language, but at the federal level, the USA has chosen to not choose an official language because they know the USA is a melting pot and there are many, many languages spoken here. Next time someone tells you, speak English, tell them to fuck themselves in whatever other language you speak. Um, anywho, since there are an infinite possibility of words that we can create, most sentences that we use are new. Very few of the sentences that we speak are stored in our brains. Typically, all the words that we speak are new words. Our mind is forming them in new ways. Although language is a way to communicate by putting different arbitrary words together, it is far more than just a set of words. Why do I say that? Well, because words have to be ordered in certain ways to create understandable sentences, right? We talked about that a little bit already, the fact that a verb comes after a noun typically. If we don't know the way that words are typically ordered, then we can be saying sentences that really have no meaning. And we can tell, we can easily tell when something is a sentence or not, even if we, if we aren't aware of the rules we can still hear a sentence and know that it's not a sentence, right? Um, for example, here, if we say, they went for a night jog along the river, we know that's a sentence. We know they, a group of people, went, they are moving, they're going somewhere for a night jog. They're jogging, that means they're running at nighttime when it's dark out and they're doing this along the river. That's what that sentence is saying. Now, if we read, whose tsunami stick run yellow? What the fuck is that? That's not a sentence, right? We know, we can tell. Whose tsunami stick run yellow? What, what, what is that saying? It's, is that a question? Who is tsunami running yellow what what does running yellow mean are we playing green light red light i don't know that's not a fucking sentence we can tell that our innate knowledge is so strong but it's important to be able to have awareness of that innate knowledge awareness is important in all areas and aspects of life so grammar right we've mentioned it a few times already. Um, grammar is something that is definitely studied in linguistics. It is part of language. It is part of how we communicate. It is knowledge that we need to communicate effectively. Now I know y'all know someone who just loves to be out in the streets grammar policing. 
you know, those people on social media correcting every little mistake. Sometimes I'm one of those people. Sometimes I'm like, damn, bitch, that was just a typo. Chill. We all like the grammar police a little now and then. I don't know. It just makes us feel so important, right? Like, ooh, look at me. I know the right version of there to use. But, I mean, grammar is important. But sometimes we take the policing too far. It kind of becomes like you know, class status, like, well, I have a degree, so I know grammar. Um, let's not do that. Let's not be fucking assholes, you know? If we know what the other person means, what they're trying to say, then let's just keep it moving. We don't have to correct every fucking little grammar error. Anywho, grammar policing actually has a academic term in the world of linguistics, they call it prescriptive grammar. Prescriptive grammar tries to say what rules of language people should use to speak properly. Doing quotes around properly. Properly. Some of you might be thinking, well, why is this a problem? We should be following the grammar rules in order to communicate effectively well yeah but like i was saying some of these grammar rules are not that serious sometimes it's just a little typo sometimes we still know what they mean but we're being assholes about it right this prescriptive grammar view leads to others believing that certain grammar is better than others and as we've seen from history Saying that something is better than something else is rarely good. Um, during the Renaissance, it was actually popular for middle-class English speakers to buy handbooks that taught them to speak properly. The author of one of these handbooks is actually the one that decided that two negatives make a positive, therefore people should not use double negatives. For those of you who don't know what a double negative is, because it's something that we've been told not to use, um, double negative would be like saying he didn't do nothing. Didn't nothing, right? There's two negatives there. So during the Renaissance, it was decided that double negatives are not the move anymore. The bougie upper class just ignored the fact that Everybody was already using double negatives in English, and the communication was just fine. Nobody was having issues with understanding. They decided to just ignore the fact that many languages of the world actually require the use of double negatives, because that's what bougie upper class people do, right? They just decide things without really looking further into how it is affecting or how it's not affecting the world. They're just thinking about themselves. So, fuck that double negative rule. Use your double negatives. We know what y'all mean. This brings me into the topic of dialects. Dialects are like many languages. Proponents of prescriptive grammar usually argue for a standardized dialect. 
what does that mean? They want us to all speak in a certain standard dialect. But that doesn't really happen anywhere. Even here in the US, there are 24 dialects of American English that are spoken. All you are doing when you are trying to create a standardized dialect is you are restricting certain groups. You are saying that certain classes are now frowned upon. Dialects are not just uneducated word choices. They're not just non-academic word choices. They actually have grammars of their own. They actually have rules, systematic rules of their own. Speakers of certain dialects have innate knowledge about those rules regarding that dialect. Every dialect is equally expressive, equally logical, equally complex, and equally systematic. So, just like we were saying that grammar is universal and there's an innate knowledge in our mind for it, same thing for dialects. This is exactly why I always say that professionalism just benefits white supremacists. Yes, there is certain ways in which we act professional, but speaking proper, speaking in professional terms, that's fucking bullshit. Any value or judgments regarding dialects are nothing but social judgments. There is really nothing that connects one's intelligence to the dialect that they speak. Someone can have the highest IQ ever and speak the most frowned upon dialect. Somebody can have a very low IQ and speak a proper dialect, as they say. We really need to get away from this judgment that we have about people just because of the words that they choose to express themselves with. It really, it just sucks that sometimes we can't talk the way that our true self talks because we are gonna be looked at a certain way, we're gonna miss out on certain opportunities for speaking that way. Um, this brings us into code switching, right? You've got to learn how to code switch to be successful in this current world that has been created because yes, we shouldn't judge based on dialects, based on the types of words that we choose to express ourselves with, but the reality of the world that has been created without the consent of most of us is that those rules still apply, those views still apply. So if we do want to get ahead, if we do want to reach a level in society where we are going to be able to make a difference and impact society in the way that we want to. We need to learn these rules. We need to learn this way of speaking to play the game. And, you know, then once we make it, we can start speaking however the fuck we want and represent, right? Be the representation. Like, hey, you can be top dog. You can be making an impact. You can be making a difference. And 
expressing yourself via non-academic language. But you gotta fake it till you make it, unfortunately, still. Code switching, that's what that means, right? It's when you alternate either between languages or dialects. I've been code switching my whole life. The first language I learned how to speak was Spanish. When I went to my first day of first grade here in the US, I didn't know one word of English and I learned easily, but then I still had to be able to code switch. When I was at home with my family, I knew that I spoke Spanish. When I was at school, I knew that I spoke English. Um, not just language-wise, but dialect-wise, I grew up in the hood, so the word choices that I made were not always the most proper, the most fancy. Um, the vocabulary that I was exposed to was not always the most academic. So I had to learn these academic words and use those while I was in an academic setting. Once I was with my family, with my friends, then I could go back to using all those non-academic words that we typically would use. The easiest way to to learn these academic words, to improve your vocabulary is by reading. Reading can expand your vocabulary immensely. Reading shows you the way that others choose to express themselves in and the way that they choose to teach things in. I work with adults who have disabilities and I teach them independent living skills. A lot of times I get clients who have been attempting to learn something for several years and they just haven't been able to quite grasp it. I am very successful at teaching my clients new ideas, new activities, new everything. The reason why I am so successful at this is because of this knowledge that I have in these various dialects. I am able to use fancy academic language when I need to and I am able to simplify that academic language to words that a three-year-old would understand. So that is what makes me such a successful educator in that case. I can really break these complex ideas down to very simple language. And if that doesn't work, I'll try a different word and I'll try a different method. Read, 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 read all types of books so you are able to learn all types of vocabulary and explain and understand all types of ideas. It's actually believed that the way that our language is structured and the way we speak determines how we perceive the world. Therefore, we should always be learning or at least exposing our minds to new vocabulary. We don't want to be stuck with just one perception. We want to be able to perceive the world in different ways. Language is so powerful. We are literally the only living beings that communicate in this way. Language is complex. 
but it can be taught and it's partly innate. It is extensive. We can use it to create, to uplift, to empower, or to do all the opposite of that. But why would you want to? Why would you want to waste your time, energy, and efforts on negative things? Use language for good. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The words you speak can become spells. Use your words with purpose. Use your words to say loving things. Train your mind to be positive. Your mindset is everything. As always, stay open-minded, stay hyphy, stay wealthy, stay fly.